0: more on Halo Talks NYC. I have a Halo certified top consultant from the JCC Network and Health Club extraordinaire, Jason Stoll, coming in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good to have you on the show. It's good to be here. Thank you. Good to see you again. So, uh, so Jay, uh, you've been in the midst of uh, of the nonprofit category within the uh, at-large health club industry for you know, twenty plus years. People call on you sometimes to optimize what they're doing. Sometimes they, you come in as a as the silver bullet um, mm-hmm. to try and make things work. So, you know, give a little bit of your background, and we'll riff a little bit about you know what you see as material changes people have made that have that have affected their business, and and what are some of the the rabbit holes people go down that maybe you know are rabbit holes. You say, look, that that's not going to change. You know, move the needle so so
1: far away. Yeah, that's that's great. So I've, as you mentioned, I've been in the, the industry about 25 years. but put 17 years on the commercial side and the last eight I've been on the nonprofit side. Um, and fundamentals are fundamentals, right? You know, nothing's gonna, you're never gonna outsell sincerity and genuineness, right? So just being a good human. You know, a lot of, you know, as we start to reopen, everyone's getting pretty close to some steady state now, the new norm. In the beginning, we were all focusing on just retaining and engaging our current populace, but now we're kind of, you know, all starting to look at acquisition again, like how do we compete in this this market uh, that's potentially uh, reduced, whether that's because of concerns for personal health or concerns financially, whatever, whatever it may be. You know, I think what people got to remember now is we're not we're not in a price war anymore. I mean, this, this new wave of consumer will don't even know, doesn't even know what they don't know yet. And they're looking for a minimum viable solution at a minimum price. Cause they just want to get their feet wet. Right. But for the most part, you've got to be selling solutions, right? If you're selling sessions, you're selling memberships, you're selling, uh, you know, access, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna lose the game here. Right. People want solutions. So for example, um, Nobody, you know, I, you know, I was been working out for 25 years. Nobody wants to work out. You know, uh, I, if I, if I took a hundred personal trainers and said, Hey guys, you know, you can work out for a hundred years or I can, uh, sell you a pill for $10,000. You'll look exactly like you would look for of your life. Those hundred trainers that love working out, they're, they're going to take the damn pill. Right. Sure, Nobody sure. Wants that. So don't sell sessions. Nobody wants sessions. You know, people, people want solutions, even when they're walking through the stuff. So, so that's the biggest thing I think right now, especially now people are so concerned with health, wellness, the spectrum. Now they used to come to, to the gym for a singular solution. You know, we know people in their thirties, twenties uh, uh, and thirties were basically training for narcissism, right? They just wanted to look good naked. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't really more mortality. didn't really become a thing until your fifties. Once all your friends start getting sick and started, you know, dying off. And then you start really worried about that. Um, so I think, I think the big thing to do is just make sure you talk to people with where they're at. And, and when you're, when you're engaging them, engage them, right. Don't just give them the pitch, right. Ask the questions. I think that's the biggest differentiator right now and who's being successful. Who's not.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing some of these HVLP 2.0 players, high volume, low price coming out with marketing emails that I'm a subscriber on their list for, you know, zero down first month free. And it's like, how did they not realize the new paradigm that we're in? I mean, people want to get results. They're probably at least 10 to 20 pounds heavier than they were before, just given the the sheltering at home and, and the snack foods. You know, so, so as you look at, you know, let's take the JCCs in particular. Do you see, uh, or YMCAs, do you see them starting to ascribe to some of the metrics that, you know, you've used in the for-profit side of the business, such as, you know, here's the amount of leads that we need to get in order to sell X amount of memberships, you know, uh, members per square foot, where you actually are, you know, trying to pack it in and also thinking through, you know, how many people are actually getting results here? And those people that get results are actually our main referral opportunities because they tell their friends. You know, you used to be around the water cooler. You know, what tea, You know, what movie did you go see? Or you know, what did you do this weekend? Now it's about you know what workout class are you doing and how'd you get so fit. So you know, is there a paradigm shift? And how are you kind of educating people on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely right you know, a funnel is a funnel is a funnel. We, you can still say you, you get this many leads, you make this many calls, you set this many appointments, you get this many shows, you get this many sales, right? The 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 numbers may shift now on whether it's a 70% or a 50%, you know, uh, close, but numbers are still going to trump all, you know, they call it the law of large numbers, right? You know, a system, even a, a crappy system, given over a high enough population count is going to give you results, right? Um, and so a lot of clubs... Still kind of do that, right? Let's just get 10,000 leads in the bucket. And then we're going to get at least a hundred sales and we're going to win that way. So, right. So you see all these sales, cause I'll just, you know, put in sticky notes on people's cars out in Ikea's parking lot, you know, saying a hey, zero down kind of, kind of pieces, right. You know, you had mentioned referrals. Absolutely. You're, you're sneezers, right. You're people that are going to brag about your location. Um, that's how you're going to win the game right now. Right. Cause that's the most authentic uh, piece of information. Um, you know the rule of thumb is you always treat the referral source excuse me referral source better than you treat the referral itself right because the referral feed you once the referral source will feed you a hundred times right so what we 've done is we've we 've kind of shifted our gears from external marketing marketing to really engagement now you know how do we have sincere conversations with our people? how do we ask them to ask their friends invite them in and kind of work with them in this this Community best interest piece, right? Again, I wrote this piece a a, a while back. I compiled a, a hundred sales closing tactics, right? So mm-hmm. when you're when you're uh, you know at the end of the table, you put out the ask, and they give you you got all these different things, right? You got the loss aversion, the, the assumptive close, all the stuff, right? It's not about closing people anymore. I mean, you know that's still tried and true. It's really about engaging people. I mean, people people are scared out there right now. People want want to feel safe. They want to feel engaged. They want to feel part of a community. Right. And so the JCC is the YMCA is the rec centers. I mean, that's truly what they're trying to do. They're not trying to, to just help you lose 10 pounds. They're trying to help you live a better life.
0: So, you know, you, you, talk about engagement, you talk about talking to the members. I feel like some groups get so caught up in quote unquote, their data that they actually forgot that these people are actually walking into the club and they can have an actual conversation with them um the thing that kind of drove me crazy in one of the boutiques that i used to go to in new york city and i was spending a ridiculous amount of money on a weekly basis you know there was never a time when i walked in and everyone they actually knew my name but no one ever asked me like what do you want to achieve or what are you here for and i felt like somehow they got lost in the fact that oh yeah we took we send an email to that guy or he gets a you know, automated email response, you know, with his data. I actually want someone to talk to me. And if you talk to me, I'm going to give you the information and then you can actually act on it. So do you feel that maybe we got caught too much in the data and we forgot that we actually are building like a a personal relationship?
1: Absolutely. I I call it the and or syndrome, right? We have this, this fallacy that we can either have a winning sales system that's going to generate... Maximum returns, or we can be good people and, and try to you know not not you know hammer close them with, with the piece. Right, it can be an and scenario. You know, one of the one of the bits I talk about is these are people, not prospects. Right. right. Now we know that they're you know prospective members, but yeah, you, you know people. Again, people are people. They you have a you have, I have. I'm a sales guy, right? I'm on my side of the table. I know my boss is breathing on my neck, and I got to close 15 deals this month and I gotta do what it takes to get this person in. Right? I know that that's my world, but when I go across the table this guy's world, this is a scared human being that wants help. They're gonna put their trust in me to, to help them achieve whatever their goal is, whatever that success looks like, whatever whatever metric they're not, not meeting, right? So they're gonna put their trust in me and if I can't sincerely create a win-win scenario where I can hit my revenue goals, my commission goals, whatever that is, and help them achieve their success, I shouldn't be in the business, right? Mm-hmm. If your goal is simply to drive maximum revenue, I mean, there's plenty of inter- industries where that's that's the target, right? Health and wellness is not the place for that to be. Fitness Halo, none of that is the place for that kind of behavior anymore. Not in 2020. Yeah. yeah, when you think about the number of people that are
0: actually physically working inside of a GCC or personal trainers that are that are on the floor, you know, do you have any kind of? Um, I'm trying to think of the right term, but like. Back to the basics, human communication, or here's like the top 10 questions you should ask people when they're on the floor and almost like dial it back to when you actually didn't have these communication systems, you know, or someone's like, Hey, what's your CRM? It's like, well, a CRM is great. And that the CRM was designed to help you manage your customer relationship management. It wasn't to replace it. You know, it's almost like a misnomer about technology supposed to optimize or be a trampoline for what you're doing, not a substitute. So is is that a is that something that you focus on or do intend to focus on when people call up and say, Hey, I need like things aren't working out here. You know, do, do you kind of maybe dial it back to like, hey, let me go stand in your club for now an and just see what if what's going on or what's not going on?
1: It was a, a fantastic way of saying it you're exactly right when you said CRm is supposed to optimize something that we're already doing great and not replace it i mean that was that's a fantastic framework of what's actually happening out there right now. you know the numbers will follow the the passion right the sincere engagement right so if you go into an engagement with somebody as a personal trainer, if you're having a sincere conversation and you believe you sincerely help and you can you know uh, impress upon them through you know like you know, rhetoric that you're, you're the person to help, then yeah, that follows your, your sincerity. You know, one of the things I do, you know, don't get it wrong. I spent 20 years, like I said, really trying to like, the first 17 years of my career on the commercial side, I was really about like, how do I hammer this person into the ground? Like, how do I really close them? Right. Cause that's mm-hmm. one of my focus. It took me going on the nonprofit side to get to that back to that place of, Oh yeah, I got into fitness to help people not to maximize my income. Like it took me a couple of years to kind of unbrainwash myself to say, right, let's just do it this way. So now it doesn't mean I don't have goals. I still want to achieve, right? The lights don't just stay on because I'm, you know, a great person. So one of the things I'll do is I'll have my, my personal trainers, my staff kind of go around and ask questions. And one of the questions I always have them ask is on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate your workout? Right. Mm -hmm. They'll never say, they'll never say 10. Nobody ever feels like they're a 10. They always feel like, you know, this worked for the first couple of weeks. This doesn't work anymore. And it gives you an opportunity to say, well, why don't you feel like it's a 10 well, I'm a personal trainer here. I can, I can, I have some time tomorrow to do a free half hour with you, get you back on the right path. What's your schedule look like? That creates an opportunity now for two things: one, to help them, which is going to help help. A, that's what you should be doing anyways. B, it's going to help retain them, and C, it's also going to give you a chance to sell them personal training. Right? It's not and or. It, uh, it's not an or situation. It's an and situation. You create mm-hmm. a better result for them, a better engagement for you, and hopefully better financials <laughs> on the other end. So one of the things that I think becomes really complicated
0: for a lot of multi-sport operators and JCCs is that the the amount of programming that is inside of that box is, is, is so daunting that the marketing people try and get that out and the message is we've got everything that you want to do here, but it doesn't focus on, The fun element, which basically, you know, one of the reasons why people want to get out of their house and go to go to a health club or any kind of facilities to be around other humans because we're social animals. But it also needs to be fun. And then when you think about, you know, what really works in other industries, you know, like you think about like the gaming industry as an example, or going to like live sporting events. It's like you, you see people having fun you know, like they're with their friends. Like my, my nephew's 11 or now he's 13. He's, you know, he's on, he's on his headset and he's like playing a game of Fortnite with his friends. And i and if I asked him like, why are you doing that? I like, it's fun. <laughs> like it always starts with fun and then whatever the actual activity is. So how do we kind of go back to the point of, of telling our health clubs and our JCCs like self fun and then, and then like bring every, you know, bring the rest of the wave with that. Is that, Fun always resonates, it never goes
1: away. Yeah, my son is a big esports person, right? You know, there's there's some of us on the fitness field that feel like it's the end of the world, right? Now that they're gonna be playing Madden NFL as opposed to actually playing, you know, in the NFL. But I, I w- I'm on the other side, you know. We used to think connection and community happened in person. Well, now we know that we can create connection and community virtually like we're doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can create sincere relationships. My son has Friends online, he's been playing with for three years, he's never met in person, but they were some of his best, most sincere relationships, right? As we try to find the new norm, this new hybrid portfolio where fitness is now both virtual and in person, I think you're exactly right. You're not going to drive somebody through the door because they think you have the best uh, mousetrap. Right. You're going to drive somebody in the door because they think they're going to find the support and the relationships and they're going to get the high fives well, the socially distanced high fives. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That that really is what they what they need. Right. You know, as a person, I was a person 20 years. I can tell you, you know, I could give anybody a fantastic workout in my backyard with no equipment. Right. If you want to lose 10 pounds, we can do that that's not gonna sell anybody anything, right? What's gonna sell them is that I know their name, I know what they're trying to achieve, I celebrate their victories, I cry with them at their at their losses. It's a lot harder to quit a relationship than it is to quit a membership, right? And we that's need to get back That's a great point, I like that. I like that term. So, you know,
0: as people come out of COVID and now 100% in agreement with you that we gotta raise the prices and stop competing on price because there's gonna be a tidal wave of, of people that care about you know, their health and also a lot of the articles that are coming out over the last couple of weeks is that any of these vaccines that actually do work are not going to work on people that are obese. I mean, I don't know why, but it's, you know, like it's an immune system and it's ailments that you're already, you know, taxing your body with, and it's not going to allow you to to recover. So do you see, you know, whether it's corporate memberships that are going to get pushed where we're going to have a wave of people coming in with, you know, maybe the the flexible spending accounts are increased. Maybe there should be a higher corporate sales. Maybe there's, you know, churches or synagogues, if you will, that say, hey, look, as part of your membership, like we're giving you a mandatory membership to the YNCA or the JCC, or do you see any insurance companies that are going to come and say, look, I'm paying for everybody's membership. As long as they come in 10 times, I'm not charging it charging them for is there is there a bigger conversation that's about to happen
1: so yeah that's a that's a huge that that in is an entire show right uh one of the top requested amenities or perks of employment was access to a gym right so you know i wanted medical insurance of course but if i happen to also get a free membership down to john does gym that was a huge perk, one of the top ones that people were looking for right as 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 you said, as competition has really gotten more fierce because the market is kind of slim right now, there's this race to the bottom, which is doing everybody a disservice, right? You know, if your value proposition has to be driven by the fact that you can give the cheapest access to your solution, then again, you have to question: Do you even deserve to be in this in this business, right? I could I could replace you with some equipment from Amazon at uh, mm-hmm. the same price. Um, You know, what we're seeing now, and and there was a shift prior to COVID, there was a shift already to the whole spectrum of wellness. And a lot of rec centers, uh, JCCs, we're starting to bring in, we're taking some of our tired, you know, functional fitness areas, maybe a 30-foot by 50-foot place, and we're renting it out to physical therapists now. Um, And we're charging, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in rent to bring a physical therapist right there into the the facility. That does two things. One, it helps increase our, our bottom line but it also puts a solution right in there. Another reason for people to come to us because they have another desired solution. And we, you know, we service all ages, but we have an older population as well. You know, they, they love this stuff. Right. I, um, you know, part of my, as I, I kind of climbed up the sales ladder, you know, I, I always tried to think outside the box, you know, how can I, you know, there's no, if it's a Sunday in a gym, there's no reason for four of us to sit on a sinking ship. Let me see how I can do this, right? So I would go to, um, I went to a super church, one of those mega churches. And I said, you guys preach mind, body, soul. Can I set up a table here? And I'll sell memberships to your people, wave the registration fee, give them, you know, two months free. And I sold 125 memberships that day, just sitting there, right? I went to a radio station and they bought six paid and full memberships off me to, to auction off you know, with with their piece. Um, there was a gym uh, 10 years ago, there was a gym that was closing down called, uh, well, Joe's gym, we'll call it Joe's gym. He was only open for another week. And I said, hey, can I set up a table in your lobby and sell them memberships to my gym? Because I know you care about them finding solutions. I'll give them the best deal ever, right? So I think, especially now, we got to get back to that kind of creative ways of finding people, engaging people, and stop thinking like, Oh gosh, they're not coming through the doors. What's the minimum price we can afford and keep the lights on? That's 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 doing us all a disservice. The entire industry,
0: right? So, so one thing I wanted to probe you on, just in and for you know, an ideation session, if you will, which is something I put in an email to you recently. But you know, if you think about um, Madison Square Garden as an example, right? No, one, you don't buy a season ticket to Madison Square Garden you buy a ticket to each of the teams that, that are housed out of there. Right. So I got Monday, Wednesday, Friday on average, you know, I've got a Knicks game on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I got a Rangers game. And on Sunday afternoon, I've got a, a matinee, a play, or I got a, a show. Does it make sense to maybe start to think about, you know, when you've got amazing instructors or let's say you've got five different programs that are awesome. Like I got my kids program, you know, for, preteens and I've got, uh, I'm sorry, pre K. Um, and I've got a basketball, you know, guy that's running leagues. you know, should people start to think about their locations, whether it's a JCC or whether it's Joe's gym to say, Hey, maybe I should start to focus on like, you know, uh, functional training, you know, at, at Joe's gym, almost like, you know, like the, the, the team is the program. Like I'm, I'm allowing you to come to this team and we just happen to use this gym as like our stadium.
1: Another great way of, of, of saying it, you know, Starbucks doesn't lock anybody into an EFT contract, right? They just keep coming back because of the experience. You know, they're gonna pay a multiple for the product because of just, just the experience in and of itself, right? So the, the, the old model was how do we lock these people into, you know, in the 80s lifetime contracts which we know were a disaster, but now, three years, one year contracts when really we, our efforts are better served by how do we create differing experiences, uh, based around our brand, you know, how, how, deep that goes, that that'll keep people coming back and wanting to come back. So yeah, we, you know, we have, uh, you know, one of our locations did this like CrossFit kids thing. It's all body weight stuff, but it was awesome in Louisville. I'm going to start in Louisville. They created this program called fit to fight which is just fantastic. And what they found was studies show that, uh, if you're going through chemotherapy, if you're exercising at the same time, your survival ability grows up, I would say greatly, but you know, statistically I don't want to, you know, put anything out there. Mm -hmm. So what they did, they created a dedicated class for those people going through chemotherapy to, to really engage in the way that they physically can at the time, um, And what they're doing is they're saving lives, right? They create a solution around a specific issue and they're saving lives, right? It's one of the most impressive things I've seen. And that's what we need to do, right? We need to stop having the, you know, do we have the shiniest leg press? It's right. What solutions can we build to attract our people so they want to come back for this experience, not have to because they're locked into a long-term contract that they don't want to lose all the value of?
0: Good. So one thing that you brought up in the, uh, in the halo Academy, when we were talking about, you know, clubs trying to like reverse engineer their own orange theory or, or launch a new program. And you said, you said, and I'll remember this forever. You said, if you don't have the person there, they that actually, that's actually spearheading this, like, don't even do it. You know? So maybe talk, talk about the benefits of, you know, re- employee retention and, understanding that that's where the relationship lies.
1: Yeah. So, so when I, when I started writing my, my book, that's not, not dot just yet. One of the things that I was, I kept asking, or I kept getting asked was, you know, what, what makes a rainmaker, like right? how are successful people tend to always be successful regardless of the economics, you know, status out in the world, regardless of how things are going inside outside the club, right? These always are successful, right? And mm-hmm. so talented people will just, will just get these things done, right? So CrossFit's a great example, right? Again, it's just a big box with some equipment in it. But what's driving it is that person, that really energetic screamer, yeller, you know, let's get in here, let's go, 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 right? And what happens is is if that person disappears, I call it the alien abduction plan. If an alien comes by, abducts your top talented person, what happens in the business? Does the entire business evaporate? Well, then that's not a business plan. That's just That's just an employee, right? And mm-hmm. so we see it all the time in, in the big boxes, you know, I, you know we'll have a personal training department with uh, 30 people and the top trainer leaves, every time that happens, I'm, I'm hoping we keep 25% of the people because they're going to follow that trainer out the door. You can, non-competes have been shown to be unenforceable uh, because the average trainer still works at two and a half locations to make, make their payroll. So instead of, again, instead of threatening them with non-competes, you know, we need to get to a place where we can start paying instructors, um, personal trainers, time-benefited salaries. I mean, this industry, again, right now is a little bit of a, a speed bump, but as we professionalize, you know, the medical science has been around for 4,000 years. You know, fitness didn't really become a big thing until like the 60s, you know, like, we're, you know, with uh, the marathons and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And so as we kind of mature, you know, we owe it to our people to find uh, solutions that they can, you know, uh, raise a family, pay a mortgage, do all these things, you know, your top talent isn't expendable, you know, you need to treat them like gold.
0: You know, one of the interesting um, analogies is to think about what the medical industry is doing right now, which typically you never say like, okay, let me look at the healthcare industry for something that's, you know, a good idea because it's typically 20 years behind everyone else. But they basically set up these medical groups and these medical clinics. So, you know, you've got all these specialists and you kind of go in there and you get, you know, you don't have a doctor, you have a group of doctors. And therefore, you know, if you thought about, I haven't really thought about this until this conversation, but instead of you getting a personal trainer, you know, maybe you should be, maybe you should get personal trainers. And then basically like you're on almost like a rotation to say, okay, well, we're doing functional training today. Like you're going to be doing functional training with Jason on Monday, and when you come back here on Wednesday, you know you can basically be doing, you know, uh, high intensity, um, you know, lifting with Dave, and then on Friday you're going to be doing cardio with Pete. So it's almost like, like the group. So the relationship isn't like if that guy walks out the door. All right, he walks out the door, and like next man up type of thing. You know, so uh, maybe that's, I don't think anybody's done that. I don't, I don't even know if it's a good idea. I think it sounds like a good idea. because the Member is now part of the group, the personal training department. The member is not Jason's client. and Maybe we've got incentives around that, the wrong things because we're basically allowing that trainer to get compensated by reselling up, you know, like you talk about sessions and packages, but by letting a trainer go on a little rant now, but if I'm letting a trainer do that sale with you multiple times in a month, damn, they should feel like they own that relationship because I've actually allowed them to.
1: Right. So maybe That's part of the problem. Yeah. A trainer feels like they're just paying you rent now to service their member, right? You're exactly. taking 50%, but really that's, that's their relationship. Right. So that's one of the things we, we try to do is it, it, during the onboarding uh, phase right. We know we know behaviors in the first forty-five days can predict almost perfectly whether a member is going to retain twelve months from now. We just we just can know that's how that's how locked that stat is. What you'll see in a lot of clubs is your Group X team versus your personal training team. Right? Personal trainers don't like the Group X people because they're giving away stuff for free. Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The uh, the Group X people think, why would I pay seventy dollars a session, hundred dollars a session when you could get the same benefit from this? If you can get those two teams working together and come up with a plan, you know, one of the, one of the fit pro uh, predictions I made for 2020, which is, you know, not going to come true anymore, but was that personal trainers need to move away from, you know, solution based only and more into lifestyle consulting. Cause what happens now when I take an orientation is somebody comes to me and says, Jason, how do I track my steps? How do I track my calories? Should I take group X classes? Should I run, you know, a mile outside of here? So what I would do when I was still training, say, here's what we're going to do. You and I are going to meet one-on-one on on Tuesday and Wednesday. You're going to take this group class on Monday and Friday. I expect by the end of the week, you're going to get to 75,000 steps, right? If you have a bad day on Monday, I don't care. You still got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to make it up. Just get to 75,000. I expect you to drink this much water. I expect you to get this much you know, technology-free time in a week, right? Because people can't, you know, when you tell them you got to work out an hour every day, they get like, holy hell. But if you tell them, hey, you need five hours this week, they can they can manage that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I said earlier, people, it's hard for people to quit rela- a relationship Really, it should be relationships, right? They should not be tied to a single person in the facility. That front desk person should know their name. Should tell them happy birthday when it pops up the computer, right? The manager shouldn't be locked in their office. They should be floating um, your personal trainers, right? If 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 the personal training relationship is the only thing keeping them there, again, uh, shame on you. Yeah,
0: no, so I think uh, I'm hoping that this podcast, once it gets launched
1: here, is giving people some ideas
0: to like rethink how the business works. So instead of having an employee team meeting. Why don't we have a member meeting? Not with the members, but let's talk about, you know, Jane who's in here who took two personal training, you know, sessions this week and took two cycling classes and, you know, was hanging out in the in the juice bar. Like let's talk about our, our members like companies talk about their clients. And I don't think, we, and nobody does that, nobody. you know? And so maybe there's a paradigm shift here where we start to focus on, all right, we're all responsible for this member, and that member, if if they achieve the results that they want on a daily and a weekly basis, then we actually have to do less marketing because they are we basically invested
1: in the marketing vehicle, and the vehicle is the member. The, the the cheapest way and most effective way to increase your results is through your your manner, your tone, and your words themselves. Right? You know, you don't need a multi thousands, tens of thousand dollar campaign to be a good person. When somebody comes in, give them, give them undisturbed attention, right? Ask them how they are and listen, right? Actively listen, right? Don't just work on your computer like, oh, I hope you're a good day, all right, you oh, will talk later, right? You know, it costs nothing to just have the right people saying the right things. That's, that's the secret, it, you know, there is, no, there is no, this is the close technique, you know, this is the campaign, you know, mm-hmm. this is the, the tour, it's really sincerity, right? Love what you do. Be able to passionately explain that and attract people. You know, inspired people don't need to be sold. You don't need to close an inspired person. If they're in the doors, they believe that you can help. They believe that you want to help. That's all you need. That's it. That's the yeah.
0: secret sauce, guys. Love it. Hey, so um, why don't we leave here with, a, uh, with one of your favorite quotes, uh, whether some you tell your clients or uh, members or some you live by.
1: Uh, so I, I love the Henry Ford quote. If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have told me faster horses, right? So I always challenge people to think outside of the box. You know, when, when somebody, whether it's a consulting client, whether it's a member, whether it's a prospective member, they always come to me with some anchored belief already on what they want to achieve. And I ask them to just challenge themselves and, and receive new information. And then we'll measure, monitor, manage, and pivot as we go. that's my that's that's my favorite
0: awesome all right well uh as we restart here look forward to working with you giving better people better advice and uh having them execute on it and uh turn this industry into what it should be maybe we needed this pandemic as a a bit of a wake-up call to start delivering you know results and actually listening to our our members and not treat them as a member account but treat them as a as what they should be which is a a human that's uh, that's gonna get what they deserve and they're gonna tell everybody about it and that benefits everyone so Absolutely. great to see you again man well. awesome guys all right i'll talk to you soon thanks Thank you, guys as we continue to build our halo talks email notification database want to offer you a free ten dollar instant gift card from our friends at promotion vault Also, to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com. Put your email address into the pop-up box. See how it works. Get a free $10 gift card from us and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.